0: It's one of eight books that we feature on our recommended summer reading list for children in the picture book category. For more information or a complete list of all the books we selected, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Like us there and you'll see the complete list there. We wrap up our look at picture books this morning with the author of the book, when Charlie Met Emma. It's our pleasure to welcome Amy Webb to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Amy. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks. Now,
0: first of all, you have roots right here in Cincinnati. You're, from, you're not from Cincinnati. You're not born here, but you live here, right?
1: We do. We do. We live here in Cincinnati. We really enjoy it.
0: So you have crafted. You've written a, a very special book. Um, before we get into the book, tell me a little bit about your family makeup, because I think that gives a background into this story.
1: Absolutely. So I have been married to my husband for about 13 years. We have three beautiful daughters. And it's interesting, they've all been born in different places. Our oldest daughter is born in New York City. Our youngest daughter is born in San Antonio, but our middle daughter is actually born here in Cincinnati. And um, she was born with, at the time, we, we didn't know really what it was, but they, we knew she was going to be born with disabilities. And we were fortunate enough to be here in Cincinnati, where they have a fantastic children's hospital, um, and she was born sure enough with what we refer to as limb differences. So all four of her limbs are different. Her, uh, her left arm ends above the elbow. Her right arm is a little bit longer, but still she doesn't have a typical hand. And then if both of her legs are a lot shorter, she, um, she can walk a little bit, but definitely not distances. So she uses a power wheelchair, um, but fortunately, she was also born with extra awesome.
0: So extra awesome. I love that. I <laughs> we love that. Man,
1: we manage just fine.
0: OK, so let me ask you this. As a mother, this is your second child. You get the diagnosis, you know, while you're pregnant, right. that something is just not quite right. What do you do as a mother? What goes through your head?
1: You know, it was it, it was a shock, of course. Um, especially something that the doctors were saying we don't know what this is. You know, there there is that always that concern of like, you know, is the baby going to be healthy? Are things going to be quote okay? Um, the, a million worries. You know, we didn't even know if she was if it was going to be a, a situation that was compatible with life. Um, what was our future going to look like? You know, was our was our whole life going to kind of be derailed? I mean, it really, I think most special needs families, um, we start this journey from a place of fear. And that was absolutely where we started. Um, but having, you know, she was my second daughter. I knew that love of a mother already. And so I, I also pretty quickly was able to sort of get to a place of knowing that whatever was going to happen, I was going to love this baby.
0: Okay. So you have the baby mm-hmm. and she's born with special needs and you knew that going into that. Yeah. So you get pregnant for the third time. Right. In your mind, is that a fear as well that okay, maybe something, you know, will you know, she'll be born with a disability or he will be born with a disability. Is that something that plagued your mind? Is that what was that even a thought?
1: Oh oh absolutely. Um it was it was a little bit hard to want to get pregnant again, not I mean partly just because, you know, when you have the rug kind of pulled out from under you and for a while you are just operating in this place of, you know, it's totally new and you know, doctor's appointments and therapy kinda of run your life and it took takes a while for the dust to settle and to find that new normal with any baby, but especially when you have a child with special needs. So it was there was that part of me was like, I just don't want to disrupt this, like we finally found our balance. And um and I thought, yeah, what if it's something else? What if there's something else? Can we handle it? Um but ultimately I also knew from my experience as her mom and from my experience interviewing other families that whatever was going to happen, we we would be okay. You know, we were going to love our children no matter what.
0: So let's talk about the book. The book is titled When Charlie Met Emma. Yes. So tell me about the book and what obviously your daughter was a huge inspiration behind this book. Tell us the story, first of all, of When Charlie Met Emma.
1: So the story centers on a little boy named Charlie and he, you know, like a lot of kids, he also feels different sometimes, even though he's, he's pretty typical, but sometimes he still feels different from his friends. Um, but one day he goes to the park and he sees this little girl who doesn't have any arms and she's in a wheelchair. I shouldn't say she doesn't have any arms. She doesn't have any hands. Her arms are quite a bit shorter, um, much like my daughter and she's in a wheelchair and he's like, wow, she is really different. And he's just not sure what to think at first he he's clearly never seen anyone like her. He blurts out um to his mother, like, "Why does she look so weird uh which is an experience we've had many times of children being very curious and and coming from that place of um innocence, yet curiosity they say things and then the mom's got to make a choice, you know do I you know what do I do in this situation and And so she stays and she helps Charlie. Um, she, you know, says, Charlie, why don't you go meet this girl? And she just kind of helps bridge that gap. And then you have, you know, Charlie having this conversation, with Emma kind of asking her about her differences. Um, her sister, she has a big sister, Chloe there, which is also actually based on, on my daughter's biggest sister. Cause she's been there through a lot of things. Um, and you just have them bridging this this friendship of discovering that, yeah, she's got some differences, but she's also a lot alike. And they, and they discover they like to do a lot of the same things. And and so it's really just... It's a story that introduces children to disability. Um, it's very important to me that kids see a person like my daughter who has a very visible, obvious disability, that they see a, 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 kid, a girl like them in their children's books. And then it's also a... Uh, a story that helps adults and caregivers understand, how can I navigate a situation like this?
0: And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to our annual Recommended Summer Reading List show. It's our pick of what we believe are some of the best books for kids this summer. In the studio with me now is Amy Webb. Amy is the author of the book, When Charlie Met Emma. For more information or a complete list of all the books that are featured on our Recommended Summer Reading List, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Now, let's talk about the sibling impact because you have two other children. How does your daughter's disability impact your other children?
1: Yeah, it's still a work in progress, I would say. There definitely is an impact. They they are protective of her. Um, her older sister especially, you know, she was there when she was a baby. And so she was just amazing. I mean, you know, that's the thing about kids is – she was three and a half when she, her sister was born. She wasn't worried about all the things we were worried about. She just loved her. Right. I mean, she just sees her sister and knows she's her sister and she loves her. And it was really beautiful to watch that unfold. And so she, um, especially when my daughter was younger and, you know, we would take her to playgrounds a lot and, and we were out in public more. Um, I mean more as in now she's in school. So we're not out as much on a day to day basis during the school year. Um, yeah, she would, get, she would help kids understand, you know, as I would kind of talk them through, oh, she was just born different. She was just born this way. She was always right there. And and I think even just the fact that they would see her playing with her in a very typical way and they would just see her engaging her, you know, it's like I – as a parent and as an adult, if we tell kids like, hey, this is how you're supposed to be, it's sort of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're the adult. Of course you can tell me this. But when they see another kid doing it, it's like they have more street cred with them because <laughs> it's like they're a fellow kid. <laughs> And so it she she was really impactful for her, I think as as when they were young and for other kids to really include her because they just saw her doing it naturally okay. um that being said, there's you know it can be hard to balance it you when you have a kid especially it's, it's just natural that they get a lot more attention, a lot more time, you kind of devote it that way, so it can be tricky to balance it that, that way, and we're still we're still trying to work that out,
0: okay, so let's talk about how important this book is to children with disabilities to see themselves. Represented in a book how important is it for them to go to a bookstore and to see this young girl on the cover in in this wheelchair how important is that
1: oh you know the impact of it is so much bigger than I think I initially would have realized and, and of course I don't know yet the, the full impact of it but what I can speak to as far as my understanding of this was was that when we when we go out and about a lot my daughter really you know kids Point and they stare and they ask questions. And it took me a while to realize, oh, part of the reason they're doing that is because they've never seen someone like her in, in the world around them um, on their televisions, in their programs, in their children's books, in advertising. And so when you have that lack of awareness on a uh, macro level – you have this heightened awareness on a micro level, so she becomes this oddity to them. She becomes this curiosity, and it's really hard to see her as a person when when they're just like w- trying to comprehend, "Whoa, why? What happened to her arms?" And so, um, so it was important to me that that yeah, my daughter can see herself out in the world, and that she feels recognized because we all want to see ourselves represented in the world around us. But it was also important to me that that this book live on the shelves of of children who maybe aren't. You know, don't see girls like her very often, but that when they do see someone who's different, they have this reference. They have this this uh, book that says, oh, yeah, I've seen someone like her and and you know, they, she was just born that way. And it's no big deal. and It just becomes familiar. So I think the impact of representation is one of those things that it's almost immeasurable, you know, but but you know it, you know it when you feel it and when you see it.
0: OK, so what is your daughter's what is her attitude like and her outlook on life and how does she feel? And, you know, you, she obviously you talked about this. She has people, you know, that stare and ask weird questions. Um, what is that like for her and and how is she dealing with her life, her reality?
1: Yeah, um, she is such a happy girl. She just has a very naturally joyful disposition. And she was, you know, as much as she was born with limb differences, that's she was born that way as well. And, um, and so I think it's important that people realize that, uh, that having a disability or being disabled, you know, doesn't automatically, you know, make you sad or, you know, anything. She's just as happy as anyone else. And and in fact, when I told her that sometimes people feel sorry for her, she was like, what? I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I have an awesome life. Epic. (laughs) And, you know, that, that being said, she does have her frustrations with having a body that's different. She knows there's limitations and they're real. Um, she can't run like other kids, and sometimes she gets frustrated about that. She, um, yeah, it's sometimes hard always having to explain your body to people, which again is another reason I wrote the book. I was hope, hoping that uh, that kids and that parents are having this conversation with their kids at homes, and and when they read a book like this, they can have these discussions. Uh, I think just like any person, she she has a great life and she loves her life. But do I ever get down about? you know, my body, my hair, you know, my skin, my weight or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all do it. And she does too.
0: Okay. Not only in this book, but in general, what advice would you give to parents raising a child with any type of disability or special needs? What's your advice?
1: Oh gosh. I mean, I'm still, you know, I learn from them too. And I think we all learn from each other. It, I will say Um, Having interviewed a lot of families and individuals with disabilities, I think the biggest thing that special needs parents can do is, one, to always trust your gut. That is just something that I have lived and and reiterated and have had that message reiterated to me over and over again. Doctors and hospitals and physicians, sometimes they, they miss things or they're, you know, they just, I don't know, they think that maybe the symptoms we're seeing aren't real or, or whatever. And, and I've just, I know that you have to trust your gut and you are blessed with a knowing when it comes to your child that I think that other people don't have. And the other thing is um, I've had to learn and realize that, well, I'm a special needs mom and I care deeply about my daughter and her journey in her life. I am not a disabled person myself. And so it's important that I speak to and listen to other disabled people, to learn about their journey and to get that firsthand perspective and see what I can do um, from that perspective to bring awareness um, to the greater good of the community and not just coming at it from my secondhand perspective, if that makes sense.
0: All right. And if our listeners would like to get a copy of the book, the title of the book is, again, When Charlie Met Emma, how can they get a copy of the book?
1: Um, Amazon is always selling it, Um, barnesandnoble.com, target.com. So. You know, just look it up online and you will definitely find it.
0: All right. And Amy, if our listeners, if they would like to find out more about you, if they would like to reach out to you on your blog, if they would like to find out more information about you and children with disabilities, how can they find out more?
1: Sure. Um, My blog is called This Little Miggy Stayed Home. So that's Miggy, M-I-G-G-Y. Or I'm on Instagram as well under This Little Miggy.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Rodney.
0: We've been speaking to author Amy Webb. Again, the title of the book is When Charlie Met Emma. It's one of the books that we selected in our 2019 recommended summer reading list. It's our pick of the best books for children in three categories, picture books, middle school reads, and young adult novels. Some of the other books that we selected in our picture book category include Hair Love by Matthew A. Cherry, I Will Be Fierce by Bea Birdsong, and the 2019 Caldecott Honor Book, Alma and How She Got Her Name by Juana Martinez-Neal. For a complete list of all the books that we selected, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page and we'll have them there. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now.
2: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you...